Welcome to another episode of Lifelong Learner. This is the Out of Class Edition with Ben, Janesh, and Matt. Hope you enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Lifelong Learner. Welcome, Benny. How are you doing today? Really good. Really good. Uh, back in sunny Melbourne after a holiday in Queensland. Yeah. It's very uh, sunny. What's the weather? Well, what are you looking at out your window right well, now? I'm in my home office uh, this morning and I'm looking out at the window and I can see the green wet trees and the wet ground and the rain coming down. It's quite tropical, isn't it? No, 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 it's cold. <laughs> it's cold. Um, it's cold and wet. Uh, I've been out for my walk and talk this morning, uh, Wednesday morning, and I was rained on for the whole trip yeah. and I was rugged up, mate. I've Soon as it drops under eighteen degrees, I got gloves on. Because mm-hmm. what is, yeah. is that? It's called what do you get? There's a reflex sympathetic dystrophy. There it is. RSD. It's yeah. uh, it triggers that vasoconstriction mm. in your hands, and you get those cold, kind of icy blue fingertips. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, mate, so I just put gloves on. Yeah, makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. There was so, a. Um, some test or study where they put someone in a cool room and they had uh, like down jacket, pants, all that, and but had their uh, no no socks, no shoes, no gloves, no beanie, and then they had someone else and the same person go in and go just with jocks, jocks, socks, beanie, and gloves, and they retained their core temperature longer. Yeah. Because right. I, I run, as you and the listeners have probably heard before, I run uh, with all my gear off. Mm. So just shorts, pair of runners, um, all year round. Um, but I've got to put gloves on. Mm-hmm. Got to put gloves on. And so it can look a bit weird because they go, mate, are you, are you okay with the cold or not? Like you've got all your gear off, but you've got gloves on. Mm. Um and, uh, yeah, I, I can run right through winter without any gear on, but i got to have a pair of gloves. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, gloves are the big one, I reckon. In winter, I can run. I can still in – when we're, since we've been back in Australia, I can still run in shorts in the winter time, uh, but with gloves. Um, and then I end up taking them off, like, after starting – and then I'll be mm. right. Like top half needs to be warm, and then I can, I can strip off. But like in in the states, we had I've got these two pairs of like winter um, winter leggings. Right, one's by Nike, one's by Under Armour. I wear them here, and it's too, I'm too hot. Like it's mm. not it's not cold enough for mm. for them, and they've just sat sat in the closet. Like they're just. Um, I was like, it's a good it's a good problem to have. But it was like, yeah, we don't need. There, it would be all winter. You'll just be in them because yeah. it's way too cold. In well, it was way too cold for me to be in shorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mate, have you been running? You been getting out? Mate, I have. I have ish. I'm going to say keyword ish. Uh, was it last week? Last week, week before. Did a did a speed workout. I think I was telling you this before on the phone. Uh, you did a speed workout, and then the Achilles flared up again, which is That's just right. a was a little annoying. It was a short short speed workout, and then Achilles flared up, and I was like, "Oh!" And now it's Achilles is still. I'm aware of it. It's not painful. Like I can I can jog on it now. So I went on a jog last night, which was good. 
Um, but mate, I've got to the exercise part in your uh, in the book that you got me on run too. So I'm going to start them this week on the the fixing the flat tires. Yes, and there's a section there for uh, Achilles tendonitis actually. Yes. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna start them actually. Hopefully this afternoon or tonight I'll start them. Mm. Um, but yeah, good, 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 but annoying because like heart and lungs feel good, right? Heart and lungs feel like oh, I'm ready to go, but then like this little niggly, like this is annoying. And so I think last year I let that drive all activity and inactivity. Um, but what was it? Yesterday I started a new gym routine, which is good. So I was like, all right, I'm going to stay on this, even if I'm injured or not. Like, so if I, if I can run or not. So I continue that um, for like three to four days a week. Um, short, not like epic, long hour and a half uh, gym workouts, but something. So then there's, you're doing that strength stuff at the same time as, as running. And I think it'll, it'll complement the running. So yeah, a bit, a bit, but then... Uh, the Cyrus soccer season starts pretty soon. So I'm looking at events going, what events on a Saturday, right? So any event that's coming up on a Saturday, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm in and I need to get the body right for that. So I was looking on the calendar yesterday. I think I found one-ish, but I don't, I don't know yet on that. What about you? How's your running? Well, running's good. Running's good. I, I'm back at, you know, well, not back at the gym. I've been consistent at the gym and... Um, but just you and I were talking just on it off air uh, about just dropping a few kilos. Mm. You know, just so much, so much better since I saw my nutritionist, and you know, she, she's just given me some little tweaks that have made a massive difference to my gut health. But it's meant that I can kind of eat more without feeling unwell, and so mm. I've been eating a little bit more, and probably two and a half, three kilos. And you got like, you know, it doesn't feel like it's necessarily a lot, but. You know, it's three cartons of milk. It's three litres mm-hmm. of milk. Now, when you buy milk and you pick up that that carton of milk, whether it's oat milk, like a house or cow milk, like it's got a bit of weight, right? So there's three of those. And I reckon mm-hmm. probably uh, as a male, probably maybe half a half a litre is on my body and the other one and a half to two litres to two and a half litres is on my belly, mm-hmm. that little patch. It sits underneath your belly button. Mm. Uh, it's just sitting there, and it's you know it's just noticeable. So uh, I don't like it. I don't like the feeling of the weight when I'm running. Mm-hmm. And mate, uh, I don't like you know when I put a t-shirt on, and I like a tight t-shirt. By the way, Josh, <laughs> I know, I know. As yeah, you're wearing it, those are uh, those listeners today. Ben's wearing a uh, shameless promotion t-shirt today with his uh, yes. need a massage, myotherapy and massage uh, t-shirt on. Yes, um, uh, my business. And if you're looking for a, a massage, uh, quality massage in morning spinach and myotherapy is the place to go. Um, so, uh, so I do like a tight t-shirt. Mm. Don't like that the fact the t-shirt makes me look like I'm 12 weeks pregnant. Mm. Mm. And uh, so, just that little bulge. I'm not not happy with that bulge. And I think I don't think it's healthy either. Doesn't feel healthy when I'm running. And so. Need to need to drop that two and a half three kilos, mate. So I'm on a bit of a mission at the moment. Just and, and it's not hard. It just means I don't have a bit of cake during the day. Mm. I mean, I, I don't have a bit of toast in the morning. Um, and uh, you know, mate, you can't have toast in the morning, mate. Mate, you that's like your go-to with a bit of honey, 
Bit of butter, mate. Yours, yours, you all that with your cup of tea in the morning and the paper Correct. and the book. Correct, mate. That's my. I just love that cup yeah. of tea. Plenty of butter on a bit of toast with a bit of honey and a cup of tea. And uh, yeah, but it's it's lethal. You know, just all those 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 calories they add up. And uh, so, mate, I'm, the only calories I'm consuming are healthy calories, mm. good healthy, healthy ones, and uh, smaller meals. And uh, I can already feel there's just I can already feel there's a difference. I haven't jumped on the scales, but I'm probably down half a kilo this week. Mm. And- so, when did you start making some of those changes this week, last week, uh, on the weekend? Yeah, nice. Last right. Weekend. Uh, it's um, a tough weekend to make those changes, mate. Easter, a lot yeah, of chockies yeah. around, hot cross buns. Yeah, well, that's what started it. it. Was Friday I got up and made. Uh, well, I was going to make hot cross buns, but we realised we didn't have any yeast in the house, so I made hot cross scones, which oh, were actually really good. Nice. And but you know you got to have plenty of butter on a hot cross scone, Dude. and you know by Friday lunchtime I just went, ah, oh, this has got to stop. Already from Friday morning to Friday <laughs> afternoon. So Friday lunch, that was it. I went to Michelle, said Michelle, ah, right. Uh, I'm going to start eating well. Um, I'll see you later. I'm off to the gym. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, mate, there's just these little, I think you, you, maybe you lie to yourself or you are intentionally ignorant of what you're doing. Uh, I don't know what the word would be, but, uh, and then it just reaches a, reaches a point whether it's around drinking, whether it's around eating, mm. whether it's around sleeping in or not exercising, you know, we have all these little justifications. And then one day you just hit a point where you're having a little bit of a crisis and it just takes that to make a change. Mm. Mm. Mate, going back one step, did you notice uh, when you stopped drinking that you, you shed kilos? No, no, I put weight on. Really? Yeah, because I replaced the alcohol with with food. Um, Interesting. Oh, that yeah. like that release. That yeah. Moment. Okay. The comfort, the gotcha. comfort eating. It became a comfort eating. Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> I don't know. It was a lot long after I gave up alcohol. I was <laughs> you, took up, you took up Ben and Jerry's. I went to a Seven Eleven after dinner. I went down to get something, like maybe some milk for the next morning or whatever. Yeah. And there was a lady in the fridge and she was deciding what Ben and Jerry's to buy. And I thought, yeah, <laughs> Ben and Jerry's, that sounds like good. And, and I saw the cookie dough one, the one mm. the Tonight Show with cookie dough and all sorts of other things in it. I went, yeah, I'm going to get one of those. And I took it home. It was so good. It was so good. And the next night I'm down buying another tub of Ben and That's Jerry's. funny. And before I knew it, uh, Ben and Jerry's uh, cookie tonight. Tonight's show cookie dough uh, ice cream was my thing. So, um, but yeah, so it's just that it's that you, you, you know, food, food get, brings comfort, brings certainty, you know, it helps kind of calm the system down, moves you more into a parasympathetic mm. state. And so in the past, I would finish the day a little wound up from the day and think, you know, a glass of wine will bring me back mm. down. Now it's, you know, I kind of work my way through that, that period. When mm-hmm. I get home, but then after dinner, I still feel like I just want a little bit more comfort. Mm. Uh, so, uh, you know, and that that two hundred, sometimes three hundred calories, mm. mm-hmm. 
it uh, it adds up over a week if you're doing it every night. And so mm-hmm. by the end of the week, you've eaten almost a whole another day worth of food than what you should eat. Nice. Uh, and that and that builds up pretty quick. So yeah, so f- my food became my replacement mm. for for drinking alcohol, and and I was conscious of it. But mm-hmm. like I said, you know, you you kind of you just ignore it. Yeah, you tell you some kind of story around it, and uh, and uh, but then you know one day you kind of wake up and go ah enough enough's enough. So yeah, yeah, I think we've all been there regularly, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. then we get back off track. You know, and each time, you know, we ask ourselves, I wonder how I could make it more sustainable next time so that it becomes part of my lifestyle. Yeah. How? Yeah, because I personally yo-yoed, like, big time. Like, yo-yo tightened and then, like, tightened, seen a little bit of an improvement, not amazing improvement, and then haven't stuck it out. And I'm going, oh, no. I think it was it last year when you kind of injured and we did a couple of overseas trips. It was like, yo, yo, be, oh, like, went on the other end, big time, right? You're holidaying, it's all that. But then you're like, you're holidaying and then we were holidaying in places where it was summer. So it was like, you're in, you're in, uh, in swimmers all the time and I'm looking back on photos, I'm like, oh, that just doesn't look the greatest. And then you, then you tighten up and then it's like, all right, and now it's just kind of, yeah, how do you sustain the tighten up? Yeah. I think one of the things that 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 I've noticed is is the only way is to disconnect from, in my case, what the rest of the family are doing and eating. Mm. You know, they because, you know, Michelle might have the munchies one night and get some chockies. Mm-hmm. Next night she doesn't. But the next night Eden's got the munchies and she gets some <laughs> Cake, right? And the next night, you know, she's got hasn't got the munchies, but Logan comes home and, you know, Michelle decides to cook some kind of dessert that night because he's, you know, it's a special night that he's home. And if you don't, if you're not independent, then you eat the chocolates that night, you eat the cake the next night, you eat the dessert the next night. Yeah. And so for me, I've just got to become independent around my food and around my cooking. And eat independently, and I get that super hard if you're in a family mm. with young kids. Mm. You know, we're now, you know, we've got grown up kids that can do their own thing, mm-hmm. and um, so Michelle and I kind of just got this agreement that we'll just we'll, we'll have our own meals. Sometimes there's an overlap between our meals, and sometimes mm. there's no overlap between our meals, and and so we just we just look after our own food when when we're going into these times of wanting to tidy up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then. Uh, and then, uh, and I found that tends to then sustain, you know, like we just we just keep a bit more of an independent life when it comes to what we eat. Food, yeah. Uh, that that tends to to work, but I, I get it's tricky when you got young kids like you have and the mm. family family dinners and etc. Uh, etc. Et but um, mm. Mate, when you uh, were saying before that you when you saw your nutritionist you were eating more, and then you put on more meaning like more healthy stuff or now is it like you need to take that more and now make it less or different or mm, yeah, I, I was i was on a really restrictive diet uh by the way mpnutrition.com.au uh is my other business uh which started literally because 
I was just having these ongoing gut issues for three, four, five mm-hmm. years, and I'd seen everyone and had heaps of tests and done all sorts of diets and and just nothing was really working except a really restrictive diet, which was pretty much some kind of animal protein and broccolini, which is good, right? And it's it's, it's great, but, but I could imagine that gets boring after two weeks. Boring, and then in, in any time I ate anything outside of that my guts would react and I was unwell. So um, and I thought, this just can't be. This is just not the way it's supposed to be. So um, I went and saw a nutritionist and she made some modifications to to what I ate and I was somewhat better. And, and I thought, you know, like if that's what nutrition can do, you know, there's, there's heaps of people out there suffering with this gut stuff. There's heaps mm. of people, males suffering with hormonal imbalances that are, that are not, it's just not how it's meant to be. And women with PCOS when they're younger and going through their entire reproductive years with ongoing challenges, challenges with getting pregnant and you know, period pain, et cetera. And then they're going through perimenopause and, and then menopause. And I'm thinking like just nature didn't design us this way to be so, so to suffer through mm-hmm. this journey of life around our nutrition, surely. And so uh, I launched MP Nutrition earlier this year and our chief nutritionist that came on as, uh, as one of the team members, Beck, uh, I had a consult with her and she just gave me some really simple advice that that just changed how I absorbed my food and how my digestive system worked. So forget like getting specific around what I eat, mm-hmm or the nutrients and the fine tuning and all that kind of stuff. She just said, let's let's just get your digestive system working and absorbing the food properly. And right, so she helped me out with that. And I've got to say within two to three weeks, my mm. digestion just system changed and I was I was able to eat more and more different food. And then of course the floodgates opened and I could eat <laughs> I could eat pretty much anything. That I liked, and the gut was good. I mean, the gut gut was good. Awesome, the gut was good. So, um, so there's, you know, Ben and Jerry's was back on the menu, and uh, and eating things that I would not normally eat, which was tend, which tended to be carbohydrate foods. I was avoiding those. So, Mm. um, so that's where, you know, I think I've I've uh, gone off track and maybe eaten some of the wrong things for Mm -hmm. weight control, etc. And for a whole range of other things, you know, if I kept eating this way, you know, I'd end up with kind of metabolic challenges as well. So, um, <laughs> but as part of our uh, the program that we work through at MP Nutrition, it, it's it's kind of twelve week process that we take clients through, and the first four or so weeks is focused on let's just get absorption right. Mm. Next four weeks is then let's look at what you're eating. Let's look at you know getting getting you into some sort of regular rhythm that is sustainable. And then the last period is really, well, is there any fine tuning, any little nutrient tuning that we need to do because of just um, your body, the way it methylates, that is the way it takes the nutrient and converts it into something that you can use. Is there is there a genetic challenge there? Is there a just from a lifestyle, some permanent mm-hmm. damage that, you know, where we need to actually then do some fine tuning around your nutrients? Mm-hmm. And so we, we build up from starting though, just starting with, how are you absorbing in your gut? Mm. And uh, but it's been really powerful and transformational for so many of the clients that we're now seeing mm-hmm. that often start just at the other end where someone says, oh, you've got to get more iron. 
or you know you need to increase your you know your vitamin b or mm-hmm. you know whatever it might be yes that may be true but none of that's any good if we don't get the absorption right in the beginning yeah yep. and uh so mate so that's that's where i'm at um absorption is way better and i just need to now start looking at where what am i eating mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. mate where do you when we were saying um uh, i'm not sure if we said it off air at the start of the episode ben we all get to a point of being uh, comfortable and it takes like a, a crisis or, or a bunch of pain, right, to then make a change. Is there a way that people can catch that earlier, before the crisis, before the pain? And sometimes you'll have like, it's like the universe telling you, there'll be micro crises along the way. Um, but, but we don't listen until something big happens at times. Is there a way to catch those things earlier in, in whatever way, right? So in terms of, we're talking about nutrition and, um, and weight as at the moment, but it could be, it could be anything. Um, but is there a way to catch that earlier before that crisis? Hmm. I don't know. I think what comes up for me when you ask that question is, like, would you want to? Mm. Like, if you're getting away with it, yeah. why would you want to? Like, I think, and I think maybe almost that's the language, certainly, that I use. I don't know about you, but there's this, the story in my head is, there's, I think we do little check-ins every day. I think we, do, we check in with ourselves and we go, no, yeah, I'm good. I'm getting away with it. Uh <laughs> And I think I, I was listening to uh, the audiobook of Kevin Hart's book, mm. Taming Monsters, I think it was mm-hmm. called. And I think the first monster is, if I remember rightly, it's it's called It Won't Happen to Me. It's the Won't Happen to Me monster. Um, and it's kind of, you know, it's I, I won't get caught. It won't happen. I, I can cheat and I, no one will know. Uh, I can, you know, I can drink. And that'll be fine. I'll never become an alcoholic. Uh, I can speed and I won't get caught and I won't have an accident. It won't happen to me. You know, there's all these things where we kind of, this these stories, it won't happen to me. Mm-hmm. I won't get caught. And uh, and I think we, we run that story mm-hmm. a lot. Um, it won't happen to me. I won't get caught. I won't get sick. Um, I won't lose my money. And uh, i got to tell you, listeners, that story ain't. Inaccurate. So, uh, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think when you said that, get away with it is. Oh, it's definitely true. Fuck yeah! Until you said that, I was like, yeah, definitely true. Like, I think I wouldn't. If I wasn't injured last year, I wouldn't need to tighten up my diet. Wouldn't need to because I'd be running. So, like, all right. I'm comfortable in where I'm at in terms of like body wise and I'm running and I can like probably shouldn't, but I can eat whatever I want. Um, but when you stop the running and then you're still not, then you're still eating everything. You're like, Oh, I can't get away with that now. I can't get away. I need to make a change. But yeah, I think it's, it's too good. Like it's, you're doing it anyway for a reason, for some sort of satisfaction or pleasure or whatever it is. 
Um, and if it's and if it's good, why would you? And if it's good to you and you don't see the the ramifications on it, like you wouldn't you wouldn't need to. You wouldn't need to change. You wouldn't need to think about oh, I need there's another way necessarily, unless there's pain or there's someone that's brought the awareness to you mm. in, in a conversation. And that someone has to be someone that that you that you respect and like you go, Oh yeah, that's thought provoking. I'll I'll look into this. But otherwise, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's there's no shock to the system. I think with a, for a change, there needs to be a shock to the system, or a, yeah. And there's probably micro ones on it, and I think the micro ones are too small. Unless, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. For me, it needs to be something like have an oh shit moment, and that mm. can be an internal oh shit moment or an external. Mm. But, um. But yeah. Yeah, I personally need to have one of them. Otherwise, nah, I'm not going to make any change. Mm, mm. Yeah. And I think we we acclimatise, we uh, get used to, we get used to instead of being, like, okay, 76, I'm 76 and a half. And then, then all of a sudden we're 77. We go, up. that's only half a kilo more than 76 and a half. And then 77 and a half, and they go, well, that's only half a kilo more than 77. You know, it's like we get used to we get used to that. It's like it's a slippery you know, slope. People earn more and more money. The trend is, and, you know, I, we are probably still guilty of this in our house, uh, you spend more. Yeah. Like um, I was talking to someone the other day and they were talking about the price of petrol. And I go, mate, to be honest, I don't even know. I don't know how much petrol costs. He says, oh, no, yeah, it's uh, diesel's now cheaper than, you know, yeah. petrol. I mean, I wouldn't know that because, you know, I'm at a kind of level where I don't have to think about which petrol pump do I go to. I just, mm. whichever's the most convenient at the time is what I fill up. But certainly I can remember a few years ago where it's like, let me just check the price before I pull into that servo. Mm. Um, you know, we keep... We just get acclimatised and mm. shift our lifestyle, what we eat, etc., and we just get used to it. Mate. Get used to it. And I remember too, mate, back when I, I was your age, maybe more Maddie's age actually, we we always had entree, main and dessert. Like every meal mm. was entree, main and dessert. And, and, we, and we got away with it. Mm-hmm. Because we were younger, our metabolism was different. Um, we got away with it, actually. But having said that, in the next mouthful, what I'm going to say is, <laughs> I look back at some of those photos uh, back when we were in our, you know, late twenties, early thirties, and we weren't the slimmest. <laughs> we weren't the slimmest, but it's interesting. Uh, because if I flashed my mind back, I would have gone, yeah, I was pretty slim. Yeah, but were you happy, though? You were happy. Were, were you happy? Were you happy? But, but were we the slimmest? And and then the reflection on that is, were we the healthiest? You know, deep-frying camembert would, would be a staple <laughs> for us as a little entree when we got home after work. Mate, if you haven't done deep-frying breadcrumbs, 
with with um like a little jam. You microwave the jam, and you got this kind of jam sauce that you dip mm. the deep fried burger there into. And that would be like a little, just a little starter with a glass of wine we got home. And then there would be the main, which should you know be something. And then there'd be a bit of dessert to yep. finish. And we kind of got away with it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I look back at the pictures, and probably the truth is. We weren't getting away with it. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, That's funny. So, I wonder, you know, like. But getting away with it is relative, though, to to everyone. Like, your version of getting away with it might be different to mine or and the, our next door neighbours and Maddie's and whoever's, right? So, I think it's. Yeah, it's funny you say that. Yeah, I think, but I think it's relative, though. But then in that point, you're like, oh, yeah, this is good. I don't need to make a change. I don't need to be the slimmest that I need that I can be at that point in time. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. It's arbitrary. What is the measure of health? Whether it's what your blood test results are, or what your bone strength is, or what your weigh. Mm. I, I guess who knows what is. Where does the line get crossed on that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, think, I wonder whether instinctively we actually really do know and we lie to ourselves about what where the line actually is. Mm, mm-hmm. I think I look at, I look at, you know, if you're genetically leading a genetically congruent lifestyle, that is your lifestyle is in a line with your genetics mm-hmm. um, and, and you look at any Indigenous group that have not been westernised, mm-hmm. so... And you look back at those photos and it's not that long ago. You know, it's 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but in the early 19, it's 1900s and 1920, for, you know, 100 years ago, they were lean mm. and muscular. Mm-hmm. They didn't go to the gym. They, didn't, they never dieted. Uh, they didn't read positive psychology books, yet they had strong family values, strong culture. They were lean and they were muscular. And that's just a hundred years ago. Mm. Um, you know, you know, I go to the gym in the mornings, and I was there over the Easter break, and everyone's there pumping on, lifting, pulling cables, lifting, mm. lifting weights, pushing on machines, pounding away on treadmills, and um, and and to be honest, most of them are battling against, you know, their lifestyle, mm. which is but, going in the other direction. Yeah. But I think also you don't think their day-to-day isn't um, isn't moving any resistance, isn't moving any, any weight, isn't running or walking. It's um, maybe sanitary, right? Like sitting at a desk. In front of a screen, eight eight hours plus a day. Uh, you're not moving rocks. You're not moving stuff. You're not walking to go get your water. You might be walking to the water cooler, but you're not walking to the to the well or the water hole to get your water. You're not chasing after an animal to to get your dinner. Um, and you're eating probably like foods and wrappers, right? Like it's all it's all processed. You're not eating necessarily from the land, and so I think there's that. It's like that reversal. Go to the gym to reverse the lifestyle where 
kind of, as you say, 100 years ago, they, they didn't have to reverse it. Mm. Right? Mm. They didn't have to, like, the gym's reversing what our other lifestyle, what our lifestyle is doing, as opposed to building movement in to our lifestyle, moving, like, in the morning, like, go for your walk, go for your run. You don't actually need to go to the gym, but, like, do some gardening, right? If you is have a garden. Because what I'm saying is I would look around that gym and if I picture all the bodies that I saw, 80% of them were not bodies from 1920. Mm. They were not lean. They were not muscular. But maybe they're trying to reverse it. They're trying to, but they're not winning. I know, but by them going to the gym, they're probably maybe telling themselves the story, I can get away with this lifestyle. Yeah, I go to the gym. I can then I can eat whatever. Yeah. Go and get a big chia pudding yep. with extra yogurt and thingamajig and a latte, mm-hmm. and you know, and well, I can and I can do what I want. And if I don't go to the gym, then I can't keep getting away with it. Mm. So it's like net even. It's like it's not even. It's not putting them in a deficit to make the change. It's that consistent. If they keep going to the gym, it's keeping them consistent. Mm. And mm. if they don't, they'll go maybe to their version of the other end of the scale. Yeah, maybe. I don't reckon they're winning though. And I think you know we just we just I think we've had this conversation before. But this consumerism. I was, I was chatting with a mate this morning, and he was talking about there's a coffee shop near him that uh, is a drive-through, and they do about a thousand coffees a day. Now, if you put 250 mils worth of oat milk, almond milk cow milk in those coffees, that's, that's, what do we work out? That is, um, we worked it out this morning. That is 250 litres, 250 litres of milk. A day. They go through a day. Mm. 250 litres. That's 250 containers. Think about that. 250 containers. Now, maybe, I don't know, these days, probably half of the coffees are milk or maybe even less. Mm. That is cow milk. The other half are some kind of exotic macadamia, almond, oat, soy. And those little one-litre containers, you know, maybe 150, maybe 200 of those containers, they're opening, unscrewing that plastic lid, tipping out the milk, putting the lid back on, and then after four coffees, throwing that container into the rubbish. Mm. That's one coffee shop Mm. consuming all those cartons of milk. And then how many coffee shops are selling 200 coffees or 300 or 400 or, you know, McDonald's that are the number one, number one consumer of coffee beans in this country, number one. They sell more coffee than anywhere else. How much milk are they burning through Mm -hmm. every single day? And so, first of all, the consumerism and the effect on the, the environment from that. And then secondly, the amount of calories that people are consuming. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I, I'm a small coffee buyer, but I, I see lots of people that buy in the large. You know, it's too much uh, milk in it. It's, it's not. Like, it's not like you're what? getting more coffee. It's too much. It's more milk. So, do you know, like, and you know, I've sort of joked before, and you see these people, they get their takeaway and they go for a bit of a walk with their take takeaway, and they've got their elbow bent. I think we might have been talked about this on the podcast before, right? It's like. You walk with these people and they've got this 90-degree elbow as they sort of walk around walk with, with coffee. the coffee. And they're calling that exercise while they're consuming 300 calories of milk 
It's net even. Maybe yeah, burning at 50 to 60 calories mm. on a walk. Yeah. Mate, it's, I, it's, it's, it's scary. And I tell you what is scary. And, and if we can, I don't, I'm, I'm conscious of time. Mm. And this is a bigger topic. Maybe I shouldn't introduce it. Maybe we should save it for another podcast. But now I've sorry, okay, said, you got to say it. something, right? Artificial intelligence. Oh, mate. This oh. probably is another <laughs> podcast, but it's, it's, mate, it's fascinating. It is, it is super interesting and fascinating at the moment. It's, it's accelerating at a pace that's, that's, that's interesting. The people that are doing the research, the people that understand it, and I don't understand it, but the people that understand it are saying they're concerned. Accelerating at such a pace, they don't, they can't keep up with where AI is at. Yeah, they're like days or weeks behind or it, months behind the intelligence of the AI. Yeah, and so, and if that keeps happening at a 10x pace, let's say it's 10xing every month, well, at some point, AI will be able to do some unbelievable things that we won't know that it'll be able to do. Mm. And what does that mean? Um, you know, and now that it's all integrated, now that artificial intelligence just doesn't, just can't just read words, it can understand the spoken word. It can understand images. It can collate all that and give you back words, give you back spoken language mm. give you back images that it's generated itself and it's it's hard for us to know the difference between which is real and which is not real because mm. it's getting yeah what i'm fascinated by like i think i've talked to a couple of people uh recently about it in um and they're like oh they're like nah it will never change this and blah blah and some people are a little bit more like um not so, uh, yeah, skeptical, but I think a little, little scared. Um, I'm personally just like, like fascinated and excited. But I was saying to side the other day, I'm going, your school, your primary school needs to be teaching you how to use artificial intelligence. Like they need to be starting to teach you this stuff on how to, how to use it, how to, uh, how to get the best out of it because it's 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 here. It's not even coming. It's here. Um, but just going, what's the possibility of things to come, which is fascinating. Uh, I was, I think, um, watching a video the other day saying that it could, it could, uh, read your brainwaves and then show you pictures the next morning of what your dream was. Mm. So read your brainwave during the night and then go, this is what you were, this is what you were dreaming of, right? Like um, based on what that brainwave means uh, and just like that level is like, wow. Um, and we were playing with some things on the weekend. Again, probably basic level where we've gone, draw me a picture of this. So they've taken text and then made it into an image and we tweaked it and we tweaked it like, oh, uh, we tweaked it with emotions, Right. So I think we said like, uh, oh, draw me a purple alien, right? And it draws you a purple alien. Draw me a funny, happy purple alien. And it draws you one. And then it okay, and then we go, draw, draw a evil, 
purple alien that wants to take over the world. And it's just dark. Like, how can it... Like, I was... um, I wasn't impressed with, like, hey, draw me a purple alien, but I was impressed with where you could take that emotion, right, mm-hmm. and then put that into picture too. Mm-hmm. And it's made a decision. I go, like, this emotion, this word means this emotion, which means these colours, and it needs to make the viewer feel this way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is fascinating. It is fascinating. When you think about it, though, as humans, everything – we we just code everything anyway, like we we are just we are just computer programs. Maybe with a consciousness, I don't know. Mm. But you know, from a mind perspective, we're just we've just coded everything. Like our language, the way I speak to you is a code. Mm-hmm. Or the screen I'm looking at with the text and stuff around it and the buttons I click, it's just it's just it's just coded. Um. And and because we've got so much of it, and we've integrated pictures and text and words and language, you know, we appear intelligent. Well, that's what that thing—that's only—that's all it's doing, and it can do it at, at a much faster learning pace than 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 we can. So, mate, I just think it's interesting, and I think, uh, you know, you are of the generation that you're, you're on the edge. I think. Oh, you tell me, mm. that grew up with the internet. Mm. You grew up with the internet, yeah? Mm. Yeah. You don't remember not really having the internet. Uh, I do. We didn't really have it till probably, uh, I was going to say, like, but still like probably 10 or something when I was 10. We, yeah. we got the internet, but it was like, it was, it was dial up. Like you couldn't. Mm. Yeah, you had to use the same line and if someone called on that line, like you get disconnected and you would wait and you would wait for one website for like eight minutes. Now, if it takes 30 seconds, people get frustrated, right? Yeah. Well, so, so there you go, right? So I didn't have the internet till I was 20. Mm. And that's just the internet. Mm-hmm. And then you think about, and that was that, that had a huge change in things, and, but it was slow. There was no Google, you know, mm. that like, and Google something, and then, you know, 10 years after that, Google came in, and then 10 years after that, we had social media arrived. And you think about how now ingrained that is. Like, you can't sit, I don't know about you, but but we pretty much don't sit without our phone somewhere near us. Mm-hmm. And someone will say something, and we will say, just Google it. Mm-hmm. And one, someone, someone will pick up their phone, and open up the browser, and, and ask Google the question. Mm-hmm. Um, like thirty years ago, you sat there and someone would say, well, "Where is uh, where is Texas?" <laughs> we don't go there. You try. You might pull up a map or an atlas if you had one in the house, and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, otherwise, we you know things were unanswered. Now. You can get all the answers and now. There's and so that's so ingrained now. Like mm. the internet is so ingrained. Google is now so ingrained. Social media is so ingrained. Um, it's it's bound into everything we do, mm. whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. You might go, oh, I don't have any social media accounts here, but the rest of the world does, and it mm. makes decisions based on social media. What about AI? You know, what, what about when that gets 
gets becomes a permanent fixture mm. of what we do. What does that mean? I think it already is to a basic level, but we don't see it, right? So, but we call it an algorithm. Right, so on your TikTok thing, looks at it for three seconds and it knows. It's like, all right, we know how it how to scroll. We know it, it can tell you now how to scroll. It will put things in front of you and manipulate what content is in front of you based on uh, what you spent a long time on, what you searched on your browser, what you potentially said, and you're like, how is this? Is this thing listening to me? And these things popping up, right? Like it's. It's there already on a like a subconscious level. It's not like in your face yet, uh, but we don't notice those things. We don't notice. We don't think of those as. Well, I didn't till recently as AI. It's like oh, it's an algorithm. I'm like algorithm is AI. It's thinking, and so making decisions in terms of a, a marketing mindset to what to put things in front of you. It's like those. Old school, like those movies that had those sub, subliminal like Coke messages that would just flash like really quick. You wouldn't even notice. And it'll be like 100 times through a movie and you walk out and go, oh, I really feel like a Coke. And you wonder why. And it's like because that blimp of a half a millisecond was the Coke emblem during a movie. And yeah, so I think it's already it's happening around. It's embedded, but we don't see it. Like the ads, just look at marketing ads. Mm. Mm-hmm. On your phone, um, it's like cross device now. So, like, if you look at something on your on your laptop, and then you, you get on your phone, you're like, "Why is this? I didn't even look at this on your phone." Mm. And it's really interesting, mate. That's uh, yeah, pennies dropped there because it it is AI. Because you know, I might look at motorbikes, I might look at holidaying, and the next minute, I I'm getting on my feed a motorbike holiday uh, in India. Yeah. You know? Like it's gone, oh, so let me be intelligent on this. Okay, what about if we gave this guy a motorbike holiday in India? He likes holidays, he likes motorbikes, let's bring the two together. It's scary, but it's manipulating, right? And 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 that is technology from two years ago. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, we're 10Xing. Like, and so... Um, And AI is, AI is moving faster, becoming independent. It's independently moving ahead, becoming intelligent faster than we know how much it's learning. Mm. But I've seen the movies. I've seen The Matrix. I've seen The Matrix. I've seen, uh, you know, those shows where it just, it takes, it's like it it's decides what it thinks is going to be best for us. We're going to be run. We're going to be run by computers. Well, and we're not run by computers now. We are, to a certain level, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're not whether you've ever had your internet go down, not power, you've still got a fridge and heating, but the internet goes down. And it's like everyone freaks out. Mm-hmm. Like, um, we're so attached to it. It's, it's, it's really interesting. It's scary. And I think for me, I feel like, I feel right now so uneducated around AI and it's moving at such a fast pace beyond, from what I understand, the pace that even those that are in the industry can understand. I feel like the, the, the ship sailed, the car's left. It's like it's already driving away and there's no way I can catch it. 
Yeah, I don't know. No, no point running. No I, point even no. trying to chase it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that at the moment. I don't know. That's what makes me more fascinated about it. It's like, oh, it's even though it's going at a pace, no one's even thinking, looking at this car at a pace, right? And going, oh, nah, this car's going to break down. That's what some of the mentality is, right? But it's like, oh, if you start working out how this car works or get on a slow car to try and catch this car, it's better than not even noticing that car um, and being fascinated and going, it is here to stay and like it or not, you're going to have to learn it at some point in time. Otherwise, it's like the internet. It'll be like the internet. You won't be able to function. Five, mm-hmm. 10, 20 years. Uh, probably not even 20 years. I reckon in like two years. But... Um, I think it's still there's still a lot of opportunity there at the moment. Um, yeah, which is interesting. It's interesting times. It's like a turning point, I think, uh, which I don't think a lot of people, the majority of people, don't realise. I'm glad, and I bet you are too, that we are in a um, what's the word? I don't even know what the word is. It used to be just like normal. Um, but the word would be we're in a um, – we work in a, in the reality space, not the virtual reality space. Mm. You know, both our businesses are humans. Mm-hmm. Can't do a high ropes course using AI. No. Nah. You can do it virtually, you know, put the goggles on. I don't know whether you've ever done that. You know, you walk mm-hmm. the plank. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, um, but, you know, and people, massage is a, is a physical thing. Mm-hmm. I don't shouldn't say it, but maybe nutrition isn't. You know, Mate. maybe you could turn up to the AI computer and say, hey, this is what I'm suffering with. What do you reckon? Mate, fascinating you should say that because uh, I saw this clip of uh, in the States they've um, put in a, um, like an ATM style pharmacist, right? So it's in a pharmacy building and it's an AI pharmacist, right? So they photo identify you with a camera and your ID and you present your symptoms to this AI robot. And then it will say this, this, and this, and then go, yeah, we'll prescribe you this, Right. And then if it's escalated like three times, then it gets phoned to an actual pharmacist. And then the actual pharmacist will, will be on the other end of the camera and go, yep, here you go. But they'll distribute over-the-counter medicine. So you can go to this, this ATM and go, hey, look, I've got, um, I've got this foot rash and blah, blah. And they go, oh, yep, it's, it, it's tinea. Great. You know what? Here, this is the powder. This is how much it costs. Do you want it? Yes, great. And they'll pop it out. Here, pay for it. Pop it out like a, like a vending machine. Right? So yeah. basic level pharmaceutical, like non-prescription over the counter is happening already because they're like, oh, we don't need a pharmacist to take the pharmacist time for some basic stuff. Let's create an AI robot to do it. And we don't need people in the store. So let's do it on the outside of the store. So that we don't need people in, and it's twenty four hours a day, which sounds amazing, right? But the healthcare practitioner in me says, you know, like if that was just a young, you know, twenty five year old 
guy and he's got tinea on his foot, you know, and he went and saw a, a good healthcare practitioner, the practitioner said, mate, come on, you, you need to start looking after yourself. You've got to dry your feet when you get out of the shower. Make sure you wash your socks, put some fresh socks on every day. And, you know, if you get some time, you know, walk around barefoot, let your foot air out mm. and, um, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Like, yeah, there's all this. We're fixing the problem, right? There's but all this preventative. Skipped all that and gone to the quick shortcut. And so if it, the, the kid doesn't get that and get inspired and the practitioner say, mate, come on, you're worth it. You're worth looking after yourself a little better. Put, take some pride in yourself and look after your body. It's the only one you've got and da 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 this kid could be on tinea cream for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. It's going to continue. It's going to continue treating a symptom, right, and not the cause. Which healthcare does anyway? Uh, you know, most of healthcare these days is symptomatic treatment. Mm-hmm. You add AI to it, unless you program the AI differently. But you know, who wants an AI machine to say, "Wash your feet and look after"? Nah, yourself. because in the pharmaceutical company, um, it's not making any money. Right, well, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. It's moving so fast. I think it's going to pop up on this podcast again. I think mm. in probably three months we'll be chatting about mm. the next the next thing. My but- concern is people like you and I are, are dabbling in the fun, curious part mm. of it. Uh, but what's what's really going on behind the scenes? Mm. Um, and we go, we see the Australian AI versions. What about the ones in Russia or China uh, in the countries that maybe I like how you're picking don't... your words here <laughs> that are potentially known for not having always the best intentions? Yeah. We say that and I, and I, 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 was, I, was, I was thinking about being careful. But you know what? I don't reckon probably any countries have necessarily the best intentions around other countries. We're not global. They're just thinking about themselves, yeah. We are all thinking about ourselves. And I'm sure Australia is using AI technology and behind the scenes to kind of work out how it could, you know, defend itself. And um, who knows, do you know? So mm. um, so what, what's going on behind the scenes? We see the fun, the fun stuff. Oh, make an image of an alien. Mm. Then what? What are they doing with it, with the technology? Really? Mm-hmm. So, interesting. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm curious. What's your? You know, we're at time. What's the? What's your summary from today's oh, chat? Wow. Um. When you notice, when you start to notice that you're not getting away with something, when you start to notice. Start to make a change, right? So when you start to notice uh, your your health is getting away from you, like you start to notice, not like there's a, this existential crisis around it and you're having a heart attack and all that. When you start to notice, then make a change. When you start to notice that, oh, this AI thing is maybe here to stay. Maybe I'll double and just read a little bit about it or just get my wrap, try to wrap my head around bits and pieces of it. Um, yeah, then you make a change, right? So that would be mine when you start to notice things to move away um, from what you're comfortable from, and that's relative to everyone. Uh, explore a change. 
في ايه؟ But I think I would add to that. I think it's a really what I would say is I'd add to that, and I'd say that 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 exactly everything that you just said is going to require embracing discomfort. Mm. The discomfort from doing what you're currently doing, which you've lied to yourself for a while, is working. No problem here. It won't happen to me. It's it's easy to keep doing that, but it's uncomfortable. To make a shift to doing something else, mm-hmm. it'd be easy to for me not to kind of investigate AI and just go, "Hey, that, that one's that ship sailed." It would be hard work. It would be uncomfortable mm. for me to actually do my best to understand it as much as I need to. Mm-hmm. That would be uncomfortable. So recognizing that uh, that yes, things things need to change, and then embracing the fact that that change will be uncomfortable. Mm. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Mate, I, thank you. Good to catch up. And we missed Maddie today. He's obviously, he is, a, he is what, four hours or something behind us. Four. Yeah. So he's like five, five o'clock, yeah. 5 a.m. for him. So we'll let him off this time. We will. We will. Mate, good to see you. Yeah. Likewise. All right, listeners. Till next time. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to another episode of Lifelong Learner. If you like this episode and want to know more and hear other episodes, head over to lifelonglearnerpodcast.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter where you'll be the first to know when new podcast episodes come out. And if you want to say hello, tell us a joke or ask us a question, send us an email at hello at lifelonglearnerpodcast.com. Thanks again.